Welcome back, episode eight of the Splitting Gaps podcast. Uh, we missed you last week. We had some inclement weather over here, but we were able to get in on Thursday, and uh, we did our first interlude episode. Uh, had Sam and Pat Gray on. It was a uh, great time. Talked for about an hour on some uh, some candid stuff that we normally don't get into on the other end of the Splitting Gaps podcast. Um, but we're back, and um, we're two days out of Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, one of the best weeks in sports, and we're here with uh, Nick Matei. Welcome back, Nick. Yep, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Mart? Back as always. Yeah, same shit, different day. <laughs> yeah. But um, I did want to, because we weren't here last week, to recap the AFC-NFC championships. Um, I mean, obviously that Bengals game was, was unbelievable. Seeing Mahomes kind of shit to bed like that was... I mean, you, we haven't seen that ever. Um, Bengals are in the bowl. We'll, uh, we'll be down in Cincy this weekend for the game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, any what were your guys' biggest takeaways from we'll start the AFC Championship? Um, it's crazy that – well, my one biggest thing that I just wanted to make a point of is just how good Patrick Mahomes is because since he's played – since he got the reins from – Smith before they what he's been to three or four straight four, four straight, yeah four straight AFC championships like All at home this man's he's literally just gonna pick up where Brady left off in the AFC and just dominate for the next ten years and you can it's just there's gonna be that those years where what Brady lost to Flacco one or whatever like Manning the occasional Manning year where he'd beat him and I feel like that's how it's gonna be so for the Bengals like credit to him they were able to do it. But they they gotta win this game on Sunday. I don't know if I don't know if they're gonna get this opportunity yeah, that, again. So that's, that's actually they're on a, they're on a hell of a run right now. That's actually interesting that you brought up uh, Mahomes kind of resembling Brady because I saw people were talking about Josh Allen and Mahomes being the next Brady Rogers, like in terms of Allen kind of having like the better stats, like being more efficient. I don't know if that's true any other year besides this year. Josh Allen had a hell of a year, but. I kind of I kind of agree with that comparison. Like I could see Mahomes, kind of like grabbing the wins, but Josh Allen is like always right there with him. But that's just my take on it. Yeah, and uh, it was funny the way that Sunday kind of panned out because everyone was so juiced for the Bengals game, and obviously it was the first game. Um, everyone kind of tuned out of that second game. It almost seemed like it didn't matter after after the Bengals won. Chiefs went down. That game was so insane that it was almost it did not feel like an nfc championship even though um obviously we talked about if mcveigh was able to get that shanahan sized monkey off his back he was um wasn't a very pretty game but the rams did not the rams have yet to play up i think to their full potential and as much as i want to see the Bengals win it um if the rams play their best game Bengals don't really stand a chance with that d-line yeah, it'll be interesting to see because, I mean, it's two gunslingers going against each other in, in this game on Sunday. But Stafford, he, as much as how good he is, he does throw those picks. So if he if he comes out and, like, who knows what's going to be on his mind because he's never been here before in his long career, too. So you might be thinking, like, he might get a little yip or something. If he comes out and throws, like, two picks or something, like, and it's, it's possible. I mean, the Rams have been turning the ball over like crazy in yeah. the playoffs, and they've just been squeaking out, like letting these teams come back and stay in the game. 
So that's, I mean, I, as it always is, but like the turnover battle, you know what I mean? It's like win the turnover battle, you're going to win. But I, I think that is going to be a big point of emphasis for the Rams. If the Bengals can turn them over, it's that's that's going to spell trouble for sure. Feel like Apple can get a few uh, <laughs> takeaways like he has been doing this whole time. He's actually been playing a hell of a playoffs. Eli Apple just going scorched earth for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> just everybody, he's just he he's played like three good games in his career and just just clowning everybody that's ever yeah. played yeah. for no he's, reason. Yeah, and man, like the Bengals, it's it's such an interesting matchup because the and you look at the rosters, the Rams have and have had probably the best roster in football for the last couple years. And it's just that matchup nightmare with the O line, but it's like this Bengals team is, for lack of a better you know term, a team of destiny. It feels like yeah. catching Mahomes, having his worst half of football in his career, taking it to overtime and then winning it. You know, McPherson is obviously putting together one of the greatest playoff runs of a kicker of all time. Hasn't missed yet, which uh, we could get into later in terms of in, the, in terms of props and what have you but before we go full you know dive into this matchup on sunday um i did want to kind of talk about we had a groundbreaking announcement in terms of you know the nfl world uh, last week which was tom brady hanging him up and uh it obviously shocked the the sports world and we've just been seeing getting uh those you know tom brady highlight super cuts and like best moments uh you know, content shoved down our throats ever since, and we, it probably isn't stopping anytime soon. Um, but do you guys think it'll come back? I mean, do you think it's really over for him? Uh, what's it called? I mean, my takeaway from it was that he is done. Like, why would he? So first of all, on PFF, Pro Football Focus, they have Brady as literally damn near the, he was the best quarterback this year. Besides, I mean, oh, Burrow's Burrow. passed him now with the playoff games. Yeah. But Dude, this man was literally the be- probably the, the best player in the league and just hangs him up. So it's not like he can't do it. So that, I don't think that factored into his decision. Like, he literally, what, he threw for 30,000. F- yeah, 5,000 yards this year and like yeah. 40 touchdowns. So I don't think he's going to come back. Well, otherwise, why would he have done this? There, it's not like he had to yeah. do this as a publicity stunt or anything. He's the most famous guy in the whole league. Like, all all those factors. It's, it's just weird, like... When it happened, I had mixed feelings because obviously it was it was fun to like hate on the Patriots and their runs and stuff just because they were so good. But like, it's just I mean, how old we're getting now? We're twenty one. These dudes have played like the Roethlisberger's, the Brady. Like I mean, Rogers might hang them up now too. He just won MVP, and the, these dudes are all just gonna be gone. And it's like, damn, like f- they just the whole a whole era of yeah, the NFL just day. just gone. And in yeah. to that point. That era is, without a doubt, the greatest quarterback era of all time. I mean, the it, one they literally changed the game. Yeah, no one like you look at those old old heads that Y A Tittle. Yeah, and, <laughs> and Namath and these guys that that are in the Hall of Fame for being the you know OG goats of football don't hold a candle to even you know mid tier guys that we're seeing go. And like the Staffords and the Matt Ryans of the world that have been part of this, that you know haven't really won anything, so they're not. You know, they obviously didn't win the seven Super Bowls or have the four MVPs that Rodgers did and Brady. But it's we obviously have we have maybe 
this you know core group of quarterbacks that could possibly outdo them in terms yeah. of skill just because that's you know the natural progression but it is sad seeing like it was it marked that obviously Ben left and we're gonna see some guys in the next coming years but Brady is just the you know the candle on top of the cake and you know we have never experienced as a football fan an NFL without Tom, Tom Brady. Brady being the yeah, face yeah. of the league so I think Mahomes is the clear choice to be, you know, the new face. And I think he might have might have been the last couple of years, but he'll be the new face. Sure. Um, I did want to ask, though, now that it's all said and done, is he the greatest, uh, greatest like American sports pro athlete of all time? He's the he's the greatest winner of all time, by a mile. In terms of like team sports. Yeah. I I think so for sure, dude. With parity in the NFL, like the NFL is so hard. You see these teams every year. The ba- I mean, the Bengals won four games last year, and they're in the Super Bowl. So it it really is a sport where anything like year every year is different. So these teams are coming in and out of the playoffs every year, and his sustained success is just it's never going to happen again. And to that to that point is seven Super Bowls. In what twenty seasons? About ten appearances. Too. Talking yeah. the difference between football and other sports is you'll see rosters turn over twenty five guys in a year. You know those middling guys, those special teamers, those practice squad guys. Aside from that core group, every team is. You could go from one year to an unrecognizable team the next year. And with basketball, it's like, okay, you only put five guys out on the court, so you keep the three that you need that you know can, you know, go to an Eastern Conference Finals, go to a championship. It's so different, and it's obviously he won up Jordan, Jordan six. So, I mean. It's also, I mean, you could argue with with the right group of guys, it's easier to win in the NBA for sure than, than the NFL. And. Another funny, like, it was interesting. I was looking, I was watching the uh, the 28-3 comeback the other day. It was, like, the anniversary or whatever. <laughs> and just some of these guys, like, you got, like, Malcolm Mitchell is, like, the Patriots wide receiver. Oh, too. he was just, terrible. Like, it's, like, just a who's who of just, like, who is it? Chris Hogan's making big catches. He just took all of these, like, just bombs and just elevated them to championship levels. It's nuts. And so, he always, what were you going to say? Cyril that? Grayson. This, like, Cyril this, Grayson. It, it didn't matter who it was. Well, I... I'm just happy that he went somewhere else and won somewhere else because there was really an argument when he had six rings that he was still a system quarterback, which which system. blows me, which yeah, which blows me that they really thought that Belichick. This is a kid show, Nick. <laughs> um, I just think I mean I'll I'll do all credit due to Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time in my opinion. He definitely had a lot to do with those Super Bowls, but um, I think. What really cemented his legacy was going to Tampa Bay and winning in his first year. Granted, I mean everyone's going to say he had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but, and that defense, but and that defense was was insane. But he also <laughs> we're just doing the same thing. That's why it's funny. Yeah. Like there will never be, you know, it's always ca- uh, point counterpoint. Right. But at the end of the day, it's there. You can't really have. There really isn't an argument for anyone else. Like what, at this yeah. point, what has Mahomes done without Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? Yeah. Well, that, well, that's the thing. You can't win a team sport yeah. by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's oh, Jordan. He's got oh my god. He's got Pippen. He's got Rodman. LeBron's yeah. got. It's like everyone, know, wants, everyone wants Brady to go out there. Yeah. Like 
That, that, that sort of seems like people want like Brady's one v eleven. Just they like, want him. Like, they yeah. want him. Yeah. They want him to go to Jacksonville and win some in Jacksonville by himself to yeah. solidify himself. <laughs> go like. Yeah, he literally turned Tampa, Florida into like title town again because Stamkos yeah. and them have been bringing home cops. Like, dude, why? Why is Tampa just? He's been part of the two most dominant like sports cities. I mean, Boston has been the city of champions for title twenty town, years. Yeah. Title town and. Then he goes Champa Bay, turns Tampa Champa Bay into Bay. Champa Bay, yeah. and Tampa Bay, and <laughs> and Tampa and the Rays almost were the favorites to win the World Series this year too. Obviously yeah. that didn't happen, but um, yeah, we're gonna be looking at and it'll be the same when LeBron's done. But we're gonna be looking at a league that is so unfamiliar, just you, in uh, terms of that perception, you know, of wait, Brady's not on this week, you know, like all that, all that comes with that. And it, it it does, come, like, when those guys are gone, it's going to stink because well, this year especially, I feel like every like you could go look around the league. Everybody's got, like, a good quarterback. So, like, th- this is going to be a good game. Like, both these teams. And it's not Brady's gone. Like, I don't know. Ben's stunk. But, like, if Rodgers goes, it's just a couple less guys and it's going to be a couple more stink fests <laughs> of, of Jordan Love performances. Right. And, like, we're going to... I don't know who, what, Blaine Gabbert was Brady's backup, like there, or just some rookie. So there's going to be a lot. Like we got to see fantastic quarterback play for forever in all of those games. A, a lot of great Sunday night games. A lot of great. I mean, Rogers too. Like, so it's it does kind of stink from that. Pers- well, now with uh, with all these guys gone, with the exception of probably Stafford and Rogers, do you think the uh, the pure pocket passer is going extinct? With the way, not nah, Burrow. Away. I mean, Burrow's not. Burrow, he's not really elusive or anything like that. But he, he's so more, few he's like less Herbert, of a maybe. pocket passer than his predecessors. Like he's more, he's way more of a runner than the yeah, Mannings and the there. Bradys. Yeah. And and I mean, he's he's very much like Rogers. Like early in Rogers' career, he could kill you with his legs. Yeah. The thing was, he's so good at just throwing the football, and maybe the greatest of all time at throwing yeah. the football that. You cannot game plan for it. You know, you, you're like, I'll let him beat us with his legs if he has to. And he did a lot. Like, his first MVP season, probably like seven rushing touchdowns. And he's quick, and that's yeah. kind of how Burrow is. Like, he's, and it lends itself towards him being fantastic in the pocket. Like, I think I saw he had the highest QBR in the league uh, while under pressure. And just being able to navigate a pocket. I mean, we saw some of those unbelievable Heisman moment plays at LSU where he's dodging yeah. four or five D linemen, getting out to the sideline and then dropping a 50-foot bomb, you know, to Jettas. But um, I do think there is something to that where in this new age spread offense, you are really handicapped if you if your yeah, quarterback is uh, like Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, I'm just thinking about it now. Then, yeah, I do think the – pocket passer is dead because every like it just comes with the evolution of the game like we just talked about how those guys changed yeah. like how football is played and now these these kids are coming out of high school dude just specimen athletes and they're all they're all the quarterbacks like lawrence and fields like all these dudes and that's that's just how it's going to be for the next whatever yeah. 10 years the next era of dudes and they they just can come in and do everything and that's that's just what it's going to be in the nfl too and I mean, let's think about this. Who is a pocket passer left in the NFL? Matt Ryan, yeah, who's going to be done in yeah. the next two seasons. Philip Rivers retired. Like all, Stafford. Both Mannings are gone. I, Stafford, I, I guess. guess. And he was a yeah, little Stafford. more inclined. Obviously, he's older now. Yeah. But we're talking guys that will be done in the very near future. 
and there, you can't really think of any. Yeah, you know, you think not, about even like Herbert. Cousins, Herbert Kirk Cousins, could Kirk Cousins, run for maybe. 60, 70 yards on any Sunday. Yeah, Herbert, yeah. I would not. He can fly. Josh Allen, like, we're talking about the best quarterbacks yeah. who are some of the best pocket Mah- passers Mahomes of all kills, time. Mahomes, kills, even though Mahomes, he runs like an elf. Mahomes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he but he kills people with does, his legs. Yeah. Josh Allen is, one, is Cam Newton 2.0 on the ground, yeah. just putting his shoulder into people. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. Like, Dak, who is great with his legs, almost... Doesn't wants to be more of a yeah. pocket passer. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's one of the Dak, who's an unbelievable athlete, is actually one of the m- more pocket passing inclined quarterbacks in the league. And when he doesn't have twenty seven pending charges, uh, Deshaun Watson is actually probably maybe the best uh, dual threat in the game. Yeah. Everyone forgets about that. No, I know. It's easy yeah. to forget about it when you don't play for a whole season. Yeah, <laughs> that I don't even. He's one. I of don't best. even know where to go with that. Like I love Deshaun. That's and so sad seeing that. It's just one of the most surprising ones and it was it was funny i think i sent a video of it last night seeing trevor bauer trevor bauer's like statement video um so everything came back like after months of investigations um came back negative and so he'll be he'll be back but just the way that those two were kind of handled is is interesting and there's never like even though there's so many precedents with stuff like this they these leagues, the NFL, the MLB, they don't have like the protocol for how to go about these. You know, they just yeah. play it by ear, even though they deal with these domestic assaults, sexual assaults, I mean, all this stuff every year. What's it, yeah? I mean, the NFL has been bad recently, dude. Rugs and now, I mean, Kamara. Dude, what's gonna happen with Kamara? It's one of the best players in the league. Like, it's crazy. Dude, I was seeing. I mean, I haven't seen the video i heard the video is pretty damning where it was like yeah if you saw the video you'd know that he's probably going to go to prison and i've been seeing two to five years yeah. which would effectively end his career yeah. it'd be over it's crazy um but yeah stomping him. it's all like vegas stomping everything is vegas head, yeah. right now <laughs> like yeah alvin yeah. kamara never been in any headlines for the wrong reason all-star or uh, Pro Bowl weekend in Vegas just stomps a guy's face in. Yeah, like, what What the hell is in the water over there? I think the Raiders what might have to think, relocate What do they soon. think was going to happen Like when they you're putting a team in Vegas and all... Dude, it's it's yeah. just absolute chaos down there no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Like, There may be a reason why Buffalo and New England is uh, some of the best teams in the league this year. They're, done, they're, not, they're not surrounded by Green clubs Bay. and gambling. Yeah. Green Bay. <laughs> like, what, what are you going to do? Like, you look around in, in Las Vegas, you're like... You're just like walking around the Vegas Strip, like just starry-eyed. You're like, dude, just go. They're all just like, hell yeah, I'm gonna go party. Yeah, like, I'm in Las Vegas. It's like, wait, especially am I, Pro Bowl weekend. Am yeah. I not gonna make very bad decisions today? Like, no, you are. That's part ninety percent of the reason people are in Vegas, right. and everyone around you is making equally bad decisions. Um, it's just a breeding ground for charges, yeah, of any sort. But we'll see. I mean. Could you imagine they had the Super Bowl in Vegas this year? That would... it, it's it's gonna be coming too. It will. It will. There's yeah. I dude. Those. It'd be it'd be interesting to look at some like Las Vegas like police scanners. Just some wild. Just the shit. blotters. Yeah. Dude, the Raiders were really good it, before they be, spiraled out of control too. Started with Gruden and they, they made the, the playoffs. They, yeah. No. I know. And that was with. They almost their won. Head coach. In, in yeah. Probably the hardest interim division head coach. In football, yeah. The hardest division. Yeah. Um. So. In honor of it being Super Bowl week, and um, obviously the game's on Sunday, we are going to do a little uh, 
little snake draft here of the greatest Super Bowl moments um, in our memory. Uh, so, you know, we're not going to be talking about, you know, the Ice Bowl and shit like that because we weren't there. <laughs> but um, Are we doing that now or at the I, I'd like to do that now because okay. I want to get in the props later. Sure. Um, we got some good ones from people, and we have a lot of our own. Um, there's going to be a lot of money being thrown around this weekend. Yeah. Um, because some of these props are actually ridiculous. I mean, just to throw one that we were talking about, uh, plus 500, we got Snoop Dogg, or, oh, no, that's a different one. But Snoop Dogg to not or to smoke on stage is probably, I'd imagine, is going to be one of the more uh, bigger handles on that prop. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just stuff like that. We'll get into that later. But um, here, let's let's get the order for this. Um Let's see here. All right. Nick, number one through three. Are we doing just, uh, just pick one? Yeah. I go two. All right, it was two. <laughs> uh, you want, what? where do you want to go in the draft? Uh, I go two. Stick with the twos. Okay. We'll take second. All right, Marty, um, you want one or three? Three. Three. All right, we'll just do which one pops first because, you know, there's only three of us, but... Three, uh, it was one. Okay. Uh, so I'll go. I'll go third. I'll give you the the first overall. Okay. Um, um let's get yeah. into it. So Super Bowl moment number one. Uh, uh, I'm one, gonna one. take. I'm gonna take Devin Hester mm. running back the kick. For I mean, we're all Bears fans here, so I mean that's for us easily the most electric moment. I mean, I was so damn young and I didn't know what the hell was going on, but. Just watching it in my uncle's basement, we had, like, probably 40, 45 people just trying to, like, get in. I was, like, sitting in the corner, like, just yeah. taking up as little space as possible because we were so small. And just houses the kick and just erupt. Dude, you could I, – I wonder what the decibel level was in Chicago when that happened. It was, I mean, it was, it was nuts. that is – we got smoked in that you game. You put but. that into – yeah, we were six, right? So you put that in perspective if, say, we were even – 12 or 13 up through now that would have been the most you i could not imagine something happening in chicago sports that would be more exciting than watching devin hester take the opening kick back in a super bowl yeah um obviously that was about all she wrote for the bears in that game we kind of got manhandled the rest of the game it's peyton manning um man. yeah manning <laughs> and that I loaded team ever gonna outduel peyton manning in that no. game we were gonna win by our defense anyway but but um all right nick what do we got I think I'm gonna go with the uh, the gutsiest call of all time, in my opinion, in the Super Bowl with uh, Sean Payton dicing up the coming out of halftime, the onside kick down down 10-6. They're down four points. Didn't even need the ball back, and he still went with the onside kick. I think that's the. Uh, I think that was where the momentum changed. I think they scored 17 straight points after that. Yeah. After that run, they ended up winning 31-17. I think that was the because they were they looked flat that first half and they needed a spark to come out and they didn't want to come out and go kick to Peyton Manning and let him go drive down. So I think that I think that was the right call, even though it was a very gutsy call. But I think that's I think I don't think we've ever seen or ever will see another call like that in the Super Bowl. Well, the thing is, is I mean, you you see these probabilities every week, dude. Onside kick recoveries are so small probabilities, yeah. dude. Just 
yeah, the absolute nuts on Peyton just exactly. coming out at half. That's that's that's. But it's smart because he yeah. knew he knew they were he knew they were going to be playing back. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. He knew that they're going to be fifteen. And yards he off did the, ball. the little reverse. Yeah. you know, like run up yeah. the other way, kick it the other. And exactly. I think I mean Sean Payton, another guy we didn't really get into. He stepped away. But you talk about the legacy of one of the best offensive minds and coaches that we've seen in our lifetime. That is probably number one on yeah. on his list and. I, I just remember that pile not being yeah. able to get because you know the atrocities that are going on in the bottom of that pile because it's like we cannot let them get this ball back. Yeah. Uh, they did get it back, and the Colts got it. Took probably ten minutes for them to clear that pile, yeah. and just seeing. God, I wish I knew who came up with it, but uh, just seeing them run, you know, run holding yeah. up the ball was it was like, oh my God, we got a we got a game on our hands, and even though that wasn't one of the tighter Super Bowls, definitely. The Manning breeze. That was, dude. That year was also. They were on a collision course to play each other because they they both start off like eight or nine and zero. Yeah. And you know NFC AFC two best teams all year. We got the matchup. Um. So I got number three here, and I got the snake around. So I got three and four. Uh, number three. I think I'm gonna go with the David Tyree catch. Um. The pin on the helmet. Not just the Tyree catch, but Eli Manning doing, probably showing more athleticism on that single play than he did the rest of his yeah. year combined. Yeah. Not going in today's NFL. I think another crazy part of this in today's NFL, they would have blown it dead. The way yeah, he was, getting, he was held. getting held, I've yeah, seen that sure. blown dead, free very frequently it's in the NFL today. The in today's world. And the way they had him held up, right. The D line had him by the back of the jersey. The way they had him, he would have been blown dead. He was stalled. Somehow gets out of it, and then David Tyree, a special teams practice squad lifer. Yeah, it's it's like Josh Bellamy, dude. Ma- yeah, <laughs> Jeff, Jan- Jeff yeah. Janis catching the hail mary. Yeah. Makes Jeff makes Kumaro. one of the greatest catches we've ever seen while getting ripped at, pinning it to his helmet. Um, that also took down maybe the greatest team of all time. Uh, so that that's uh, to round out round one. To start with fourth overall, I think just because it was maybe the longest in terms of just time play that I've ever seen, yeah. the guy who did it um, being an all-time great and just last play of the half, the James Harrison 100-yard pick six Stole my pick, in Super Bowl 43 was um, one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Larry Fitz tracking him down. Like, he was... James Harrison cannot move, and he's rumbling, bumbling, stumbling down the sideline. No one could push him out. Just as a barrage of of uh, Cardinals and Steelers just wrapped up on him on the sideline, couldn't push him out. And then Larry Fitz finally gets to him at the goal line. He gets in to end the half. And I mean, we're talking maybe the play that won them that game. I know yeah. Santonio, San but it went down to the wire. They needed that last second touchdown. They would not have been in position yeah. to win that game if. He does not take it all the way. You know, it didn't matter. It was the last play of the half. Exactly. So, uh, was it back to Mart? It's no, it's Nick. To Nick. Nick, yeah. Snake. I'm going to actually piggyback off that game. I was going to take the the James Harrison. I was going to go with that one. But we might as well stick with that game because that was that might have been my favorite Super Bowl watching that at the time. But I think I'm going to have to go with the San Antonio Holmes toe, toe tap. I think that was the origin of the toe tap. It was. The toe, the toe drag swag started with San Antonio Holmes and... To this day, everyone, I think everyone will give him his credit where credit is due. I know AB was trying to take the uh, uh, Tony Toe Tap, little 
phrase, but I don't I don't think anybody yeah. will ever make a toe tap just like that one. Maybe maybe Julio Jones in that Super Bowl. That that was great. Yeah. I think that probably took the most talent. Yeah. But uh, Antonio Holmes will time. always be the most iconic catch, and I, I'm just gonna stick with and that. And I one. remember for a, a entire year after that play, playing in the yard with my neighbor Chris Murray. Uh, and every time we throw each other to the ball, it was at the side where the grass met the sidewalk, just toe tapping every time. You could, you didn't want to catch the ball normally. It right. was toe tap everything, and he led to a generation of guys that practiced that. That became, you know, an art form yeah. from piggybacking off that play. So definitely a a league altering play, a innovative play, and obviously the game winner. Uh, cementing Big Ben's legacy. I mean, he doesn't win that one. He's just got the one. Um, and kind of disappointments yeah. after that. So that really did so much for that Pittsburgh organization. Um, I love the pick. All right. Uh, probably it's my turn. I'm going to take either, aside from Harrison, I don't know, it's probably is probably the greatest pl- defensive play in Super Bowl history because it literally won a game. Uh, it's, that's Malcolm Butler's interception in the, that Super Bowl. And that play was insane. I mean, another guy kind of like Tyree. Butler was like their fourth corner, like their third or fourth corner. Like, be like a Bryce Cal. Not not even, though. He wasn't even – he didn't play that much. And it's nuts that comes on the field and just jumps a slant, which is – I mean, it's a testament to what – or how good of a coach like Bell and what he – preaches because you know butler was watching film because that the only way you're able to read that route so quick is if you you've seen that formation before and yeah. those route concepts so you know you know what i mean so that's that's just how why the patriots were such good winners when you got a guy like butler their fourth corner or whatever he was just knowing the situation like that and being able to read it and make one of it's the actually greatest it's plays funny ever. that the one of the one of the better defensive plays of all time in the super bowl Happened to be on probably one of the worst offensive play calls of all time yeah. in the Super Bowl too. That's what that's capitalization. The most that's infamous the call like way. ever. Yeah, offensive call. I mean, ever. they're still in in comment sections yeah. everywhere. It's just throwing completely unrelated things. Seahawks should have ran mm-hmm. the ball. Like it's it will loom over the NFL for a long time. Not just the Seahawks, but around Brady's legacy. You know what I mean when you're talking like. A lot of people like to go and and isolate that moment, you know, in all the Super Bowls he won, where it's like he got lucky or whatever. Uh, while we kind of got into why we wouldn't do that, uh, you can't really argue argue with seven ships, but you know that is definitely one where it's like, why? What were you doing? Why P. Carroll? Oh, Marshawn Lynch was the best running back in the league at the time, and yeah. just built for that situation. Um, I'd love. I don't. I don't think I've ever heard Marshawn really speak on it um, specifically, which I'd like to. I'm sure he he always has some some good quality content um, for us. But um, Marty, you got another one? Yeah. Yes, um, all right. I'm gonna take the power outage because mm-hmm. that's one of the most. Again, it's literally, you're literally at a Super Bowl that power outage. That shit doesn't even happen in a Jaguars like. I don't know who who stinks. Jaguars Lions <laughs> Jaguars game Lions. or something like that. That shit never happens. You're at the Super Bowl and you get a power outage that delays it for an hour. And then wasn't there one this year? Wasn't there was an there? outage? I don't know. I feel like I feel like there was maybe one at the at the the football team, maybe because yeah. they're poverty. But 
Yeah, I don't think it was the to commanders. the degree. Yeah, the commanders. I don't think it was to the degree that this one was. Oh, yeah, of course yeah, not. Yeah, Biggest stage of any game in the world. And uh, that game, that was another great Super Bowl, too. What, did, did Jacoby Jones crib that punt? That was going to be my next pick, that was, the, kick, oh. the kickoff to open the second half. The second half, that was yeah. after the outage, right? That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I was like. That was 108 That was the that first was the It was like crazy. a 50-minute delay. And right out of it, Jacoby Jones just takes. It was, I think it's the longest play in Super Bowl history. Yeah, that kick return. Not. Um, yeah. Sorry to sorry to spoil, or uh, the picks. But Nick, you're up again. Oh, uh, um, it may not Damn be it, one. Marty. Of, it may not be one of the most iconic ones, but just talking about uh, P. Carroll and, and bad decisions. I think uh, when uh, the Panthers played the Broncos in the Super Bowl and Cam the, got strip sacked, the, the Cam, and he had the he had the choice Cam's to go back in and grab decision. the ball. Yeah, he. Uh, it I was a, it was a business decision, which didn't make sense. It was a really bad business decision, to say the least. I honestly, <laughs> it's been all downhill for Cam after, after that, that play. I, I mean, agree. That is so inexcusable. And I like Cam. He was phenomenal. He was the MVP. He brought that Carolina team that didn't have many weapons around him, had That's a true. solid defense and Keekly and what what have you. But when you watch it in in real time and slowed, he had. He would have gotten if he wanted to. That's his ball, uh, yeah. and he's not even really taking a hit because he's on it. And then you know maybe he gets the flag if anything, but um, just really a a sad thing because you go you're the best player in the league. You bring this team out of the depths of uh, mediocrity, and I mean this game is it. over. That's it. Game that's, over. That's yeah. that's what you've done. Put in years of work for to get in that moment. And he just he didn't want it. I, and and people say it's a business decision, so he doesn't get hurt or something. But it's like it's the why. Yeah, this no, is where you yeah, get hurt. And if you sarcasm. do get hurt, yeah. you have yeah. if you do get hurt, you're you making business whole, decisions in the Super Bowl. You have a whole you have a whole six months for recovery after the Super Bowl. You you're not playing a, a down of football after the Super Bowl until August. Yeah. So I don't I I I, I don't I don't see where they say that it's a business decision. Clearly, he had some. Something tick in his head that because the way he jumped out of it, like he he was he was going in it and then he saw them jumping on it and he he like not only did he not go for it he like he jumped away from it like he took himself out of the yeah, play he, entirely yeah like if they and people always botch the the fumble recoveries you know they right yeah Lyman suck at recovering the ball so there is a there's always a good chance that the first guy just you know botches yeah, it and he goes and it. picks it up and maybe even run it but he just totally took himself out of the play and. I don't know. That kind of summed up uh, the end of Cam Newton's peak for yep. me. That definitely After that, that was not in on my short list, just because I kind of was thinking in a different way. But definitely one of the most infamous moments yeah, in I was, I was recent Super Bowl history. I was probably going to take that yeah. and something that will just forever, you know, lay waste to a career. It's one of the biggest question marks. Yeah, I mean, you get on that football, go down, score, you know. Peyton doesn't get his last yeah. one, yeah. What, whatever, and maybe Von Miller isn't the MVP. Um, back to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go with the Julian Edelman catch yeah. um, on the final drive to to make the comeback, send it to OT. It really didn't make any sense. Uh, I remember in real time thinking that I was like, oh, my God, he caught that. But everyone almost looked like, no, there's no way. Yeah. Um, the the call guys, I think that was Al Michaels and Collinsworth were on that one. Um, 
oh, incomplete, incomplete. And then I was kind of, the way that the Falcons defenders were reacting to it and still trying mm-hmm. to knock it out, right. that's why I was, I think he might have caught that. And then just the that slow-mo that we've all seen yeah. a million times of his, like, pinky fingers mm-hmm. just getting under it. Yeah. And, I mean, we're looking at a com- entirely different NFL if that catch isn't made. Matt Ryan has a ring. Julio has a ring. The Falcons are champions. Um, Brady doesn't get that one. And, yeah, I mean, that'll round yeah. out mine. But um, one of the greatest catches of all time, situationally. And, yeah. it's, it's crazy. That had, that had been after the Julio catch? Yeah. Because the, the catch of the game by far was Julio Jones. When I saw that, I thought that was the greatest catch of all time. And then... Ten minutes later, Julian Edelman just comes back and makes an even better catch. I didn't, I didn't think you could make a better catch than that toe tap, but Julian Edelman, man, it's always these Patriots wide receivers that these young little white wide receivers, slot receivers that love to just tear up the game in the Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah, because they're always there. <laughs> yeah. So we all got our three. Yeah. Yep. So uh, just kind of wrapping it up, Marty's got the Devin Hester uh, kick return in the Super Bowl to open it. Uh, the Malcolm Butler pick against the Seahawks on the infamous call from P. Carroll to throw the ball to uh, who was it? Lockett, the Ricardo, Ricardo Lockett, Lock, Lock force feeding yeah. Ricardo Lockett at the one. Uh, okay, we talked enough about it. And the power outage from the Ravens Niners Super Bowl that you can even maybe even throw in to end the uh, the blackout was Jacoby Jones who was. The closest thing we've seen to Devin Hester since Devin Hester, honestly, in terms of kick returns, uh, taking back the longest play in Super Bowl history. Next, got the Saints onside kick, one of the greatest, uh, greatest calls, ballsiest calls we've ever seen in the NFL. Santonio Holmes toe tap, the play heard around the world, the toe tap of all toe taps, and Cam Newton uh, bitching out of a chance at a Super Bowl win um, on the strip sack. And then for me, I got the David Tyree catch against the Patriots, uh, breaking the what eighteen and 19 and zero, the perfect the season, perfect and season probably the closest thing we'll ever see to a perfect season, in my opinion. Uh, the James Harrison pick six against the Cardinals um, to end the half, and the Julian Edelman catch against the Falcons. Um, all great, great moments. And and when I was thinking about it, there's so many. You know, there's so many that could just be, you know, flexed in for these. Um, But so I think a good way to get back into this game on Sunday is we look at all these plays. Who's going to make that? Who's going to have one of these plays? Who's going to be the guy that makes some unbelievable play that we will that will be immortalized? I mean, how can you not say Drew Sample? He's (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the he's been our boy for for two years now and. We will re- um, responsibly hammer him to score first in this one. And friend also, of the podcast, yeah, it's our boy, future and friend of the podcast. You you know, I mean, the Bengals is going to be under a minute to go in the fourth. Just you just got to sample up the seam for from ten yards out for the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. It's, I can I can see it right now, and I can just see that play happening as he's taking a huge hit, just dirty hit to the head, trying to jar it out, and he he holds on. And just bring Cincinnati a Super Bowl, like, and he, you know, what I mean, he's gonna the unsung hero. I would Super not. Bowl. What is there a prop for a Drew Sample statue being built within the next five <laughs> years in Cincinnati? Because, I mean, he should have one already. Yeah, I know. Um, 
and we could put our we could put our uh, IM championship football championship shirts on them. Um, Should we hire some Drew Sample lobbyists for, <laughs> for a statue? Um, or we just build it ourselves? Yeah, um, probably wouldn't be too hard. Outside of Drew Sample, the obvious the obvious guy, Nick. Who who do you think ha- might? Who's your guy that might make one of these? You know, NFL altering plays. I, We'll we'll probably get it into it later with the props too, but I think all the, I think all the spotlight is on Jamar Chase and T Higgins, rightfully so. I think those are two of the best receivers in the league already. I think I'm like all over Tyler Boyd for some reason. I think everyone's just kind of like putting him to the side. They got his prop at like 38 and a half yards. I think I think Ramsey shadows Chase. I think Higgins. I think they I think they kind of uh, do like a one-two spy on on Higgins and kind of make life tough for him. I think they'll get theirs, but I think. I think Tyler Boyd's just going to be open all game, and I think it's. I think when it comes down to it most, I think he's going to have a good game, and he's going to have the momentum with him, and I think Burrow's going to go to him late in the game because there's there's definitely going to be a moment late in the game, like a third and long, where it's going to it's do or die for the Bengals. I think I think Boyd's the guy to do it. In my I opinion. I agree, and I know we've talked about it earlier on on in an earlier episode about how Boyd took wide receiver one in Cincinnati from AJ Green, yeah. who's one of their all time leaders. And one of the best receivers of our generation, um, he is. It's not like he got worse. Right. We just got flashier, younger guys around him. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. I'm a big Boyd guy. I know you. You've always liked Tyler Boyd, yeah. um, fantasy and otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I did want to say because we've gone Bengals guys so far. Yeah. But it's hard not to. On the other, yeah, yeah it's hard. It really is. But on the other side of the aisle. I think a guy that I could see being some huge headline just because of his persona and everything surrounding him is like a Jalen Ramsey pick to seal something or like a huge pick in a huge spot where it mm-hmm. goes like Richard Sherman. He's just losing his mind, letting everyone know. Scorched earth, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah going scorched earth and just doing – because because of the kind of player he is that just is constantly talking shit and yeah. is just – backs it up constantly yeah um he's the kind of guy that wants it so bad in this game because he can show he did it in the super bowl you know what i mean that is i think that is such a distinguishing factor for guys especially like that where it's hard to be a superstar and a like a huge you know spotlight spotlighted player in the league as a cornerback it just is and he's virtually the only guy that has that i mean uh Stephon Gilmore put together one of the best seasons we've ever seen at corner and is not doing anything now. Yeah. Yeah. He's defensive player of the year. Didn't really hear all you the only people that really knew about him were the real fans that are like seeing him week in and week out and how good he was. Ramsey's been doing it for he's been since, the best in the league for five, six yeah, years since now. 2016. I think I think besides running backs, I think I think cornerbacks are the, the fastest position to be retired. I think those are those have the shortest primes. Like the highest turnover. That's why I think Darrell Revis was so good because Revis traveled all over the field with the number one every single play of the game for I don't know it felt like ten years but he probably only did it for yeah that's why the, that's why years. those Jets teams were so good yeah that was that was the he was the original Jalen Ramsey but I'm, I'm sure you're liking uh, Jalen Ramsey plus uh, plus five thousand for a Super Bowl possible Super Bowl MVP he comes up with a few picks maybe even the game ceiling pick. Obviously, Stafford and Burrow are going to be the the favorites by far, but that's value. Yeah, I I, mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what. I know somebody. What? So should we give our MVP picks? Maybe. I kind of at least best value MVP. Best picks, value other than Drew Sample. Yeah. yeah. Well, obviously and Stafford and Burrow. Um, but I know you made a point about this too. Is Don? It's Donald, I think. And 
from that perspective because Ramsey as a cornerback, it's different because the court or the quarterback could just you stay like F it. I'm not throwing over there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. you you need targets to be if he just what absolutely locks down, it's like, oh wow. He had one PBU and like didn't give up a well, yard. And that's you the, can't o- give that's the other thing that. about cornerbacks is if it. your name isn't being called, you're playing a great game. I know. If you're you know what I mean? That's why Revis, it's like it flies under the radar until it can't. Yeah. Because it's you're oh, we haven't called Revis's name. Yeah, because no one's throwing at him. And yeah. I, I remember someone talking about uh Pat Sertan at Bama being like mm-hmm. that, where it kinda it's getting towards the end of the season and towards the draft, and this guy's a top ten pick. Oh, we haven't really heard of him. Yeah, because you're never seeing. No one is throwing at him. He had like 40 targets. Because everyone, you're not throwing at a guy that's getting step for step by this guy. So you stay away from him. And that, you know, that's really the only position. Maybe O line, if you know, keeping the D line out of the backfield. And it's just, oh, we haven't called Aaron Donald's name. Oh, that's because whoever's keeping him out. Yeah, but that from that perspective. Uh, D lineman. That's why Vaughn's won one. That's why that whoever that bomb on the uh, the Seahawks that won one. Whoever that was. Oh, the other linebacker, not Bobby Wagner. Yeah, yeah. but I, I'm saying, <sighs> as in those positions, you can control a game and like a narrative around your game because you're seeing Donald like what is he's, if he's got two and a half sacks, like a strip sack, fumble, fumble recovery. It's like. Damn. He has right. a path to win it. Yes, exactly. Especially being that the Bengals O-line has had immense struggles. Yeah. Um, what else? Malcolm Smith. We were just talk, talking uh, yeah. MVPs. Yeah. Uh, Nick, you got one? Mm. Or Boyd. You, or you yeah, Boyd. I, I am all over Boyd, too. Um, I it, it's, so, it's just hard to, to envision a Rams MVP, even though the Rams are favored to win the game. So all their odds are better. Um, I would have to go. I would. I would. I'm. I'm gonna stick with Boyd. I have to ride with Boyd. I just have a gut feeling that I've had all week, and I'm gonna take him props. I'm gonna take him to lead the Bengals in receiving yards, and maybe even lead the game in receiving yards too. So, so. we'll we'll just get it out there that um we got Aaron Donald, Tyler Boyd, Jalen Ramsey throwing those out for MVP. Yeah. Obviously, um tier below Drew Sample who um. Is, it's basically Drew Sample versus the field for Super Bowl MVP um, over here at Splitting Gaps Podcast. Um, but you mentioned props, and uh, I did want to see, because just the sheer just nuclear growth of gambling over the last 10, 12 months, um, I, props have always been a huge thing that they, they're around for everything, but when it comes Super Bowl time, there's nothing like it. I mean, there's... Th- tens of thousands of prop bets on this game and with states being legalized where we're going to see the biggest handles we've ever seen on any single game uh come this sunday um there is a lot of interesting props and um i did want to get into some of those some of our favorites because we did some research um on some of the ones we liked some of the ones we didn't like um i also learned what an octopus was um from nick which for all you listening that don't know what an octopus is, it is a touchdown score that gets the subsequent two-point conversion uh, back-to-back. And um, what was it? Plus 950. Plus 950. So 10 to 1 odds that there would be someone to do it. Um, it'd be interesting to see if there was a player to score, because we were talking if it was anyone, it'd probably be Jamar Chase. Yeah. Yeah. If any of our listeners have been keeping a... Um 
a little spreadsheet going on <laughs> octopuses. If, we we would love if you guys would share that with us. But uh, yeah, that'd be I know I know Andrews has one this year from that one Colts yeah. game. Yeah. But yeah, so we're we're looking. I think Jamar might have one too. We're, we're, we're looking in those uh, trying to find some value areas. We're looking octopuses. We're looking. Uh, we're looking over. I one that I saw my brother actually texted me it is that over two and a half players throw a pass. So I mean, oh Dallas, the Rams. McVay is just he loves just dropping his sack about how good of a play caller he is. So he's yeah. gonna dial up some nuts play where Odell's just gonna throw a bomb. So I think that's gonna hit. And that's at pretty good value too. Plus one fifty five's giving you some. Uh, some room room for value there. And the one that always, because it's one of the first things and uh, it's such a notorious part of the game, um, and I feel like I'm kind of a leper here because I don't really know many other people that hold this same kind of ideology. I'm a heads guy. I mean, I've always been a heads guy. I know, oh, tails never fails. Grow up. You know what I mean? Tails <laughs> fail. Tails fails at least 50% of the time as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you're an innovator. Um, I I was down um, a significant amount come last year's Super Bowl. I had a tough week on college basketball, which was rare for me. But um, I figured because I couldn't pick an actual bet that I thought I had information on, I might as well take a bet that is as 50-50 as anything. And I rode heads and put $65 on heads, which was actually a slight fate, or no, it was minus... 105 but uh had smacked they had travis kelsey out there with um i think she was a cancer pay or a, a cancer nurse uh who had who had just done chemo and was a phenomenal healthcare um, professional and so i figured i'm like if if i get screwed by this wonderful lady i like i don't know i do not want to have hard feelings for this you know absolute trooper and patriot and and lifesaver but um it smacked and uh, <laughs> moral of the story. Moral story. of the story is had smacked. There was never a doubt in my mind. It brought me up from the shallow depths of of betting hell. But um, there might be some value in coin to land on its side. I'm, I'm liking <laughs> that. Like what plus ten thousand? That's or like a rethrow. Yeah, if can it's you like bet on that, it, like coin to be tossed yeah. over one and a half times. If one, yeah. <laughs> We, we we would love to see some bet slips if somebody's if somebody's yeah everyone send in bet slips of of the just props you're taking your craziest yeah. craziest props it's you not come up it's with. not the Super Bowl if you're not betting coin to land on its side that's all I know <laughs> right they might as well just cancel the game yeah I, um yeah. another one I like just because the value um so it was team to record the first sack of the game and the Rams were minus one ninety so heavy favorites that the Rams get the first sack. I could see because the narrative is so much about Bengals O line, Rams D line, seeing a Trey Hendrickson, you know, getting in the backfield on like the first drive for the Rams. So I love um, first sack of the game to go to the Bengals, and it's about plus one fifty. I also love uh, at plus one thirty, plus one thirty five, maybe up to plus one forty on certain books is the first play from scrimmage to be a pass. Um, I think there's this this kind of narrative about being safe and you know like getting that run play out of the way just being able to execute a run play whether it's for you know whether it's successful or not um just kind of you know settling the nerves of getting out in a super bowl i think both these teams want to just run and gun you know there's no there's no holding back and i think because so many people have it in their head that you know you start off the game nice run get it out of the way 
that uh, both coaches are going to say, fuck that. You know, Jamar's out there somewhere. Odell's out there somewhere. Yeah. Let's push the ball to Cooper Cup. Like anything, you know, get Cooper Cup the, fir- the ball yeah. first play, which maybe take first com- first catch or first completed pass Cooper Cup. So you're you're in the camp of just you're against those people just gaslighting run all the time. Always. <laughs> I, yeah, one hundred percent. I think I, I think it's much more important to get your quarterback into this it like warmed up before your running back. You know what I mean? It's, it's that's a good point. So instead of establishing the run game, we're going to establish the pass. Game. Yeah, I think that's. I don't I think, think I've ever heard, heard that. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I don't think I think the Bengals know that they're not going to win this game by the run. I think they know that. Right. Like why why lie to yourselves and, and say and we're going to win yeah. if we run mix in thirty? They've been winning this whole playoffs with the pass. Yeah. Mixon hasn't got a game over 18 carries. See this that we 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 establish trends here at the Split and Yaps podcast, yeah. and we we make money from those trends. Um, what was the other one? So yeah, Nick was all Nick's all over Boyd. Um, at 38 and a half yards, and one of the one of the bigger ones that I mentioned earlier, um, and we were getting into the kind of like. Um, Some uncharted the, territory. Yeah, the, these, there's uh, legal. Yeah. There's legal implications. There's um, publicity implications on this bet. Um, a lot of moving pieces here. So Snoop Dogg, who we all know is performing this Sunday, uh, with a stacked. Like it'll actually be a very enjoyable. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be as enjoyable as J Lo and Shakira. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty sick. But uh, as sexually enjoyable. Um, and I think that's actually might that. Is kind of where my head's at. Where a lot of people were upset with that performance because they were like, "It's like soft core porn." What they were doing, mm-hmm. and obviously this is, you know, rated G. You know, little kids are watching this, yeah. and you're not really supposed to do this on network television. But uh, I think does that open Pandora's box t- for just, Snoop Dogg if you to just smoke? Spark up on the biggest stage in the world. I, 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 I there's no I way. It's, it. Dude, it's the most watched television event in the world. Yeah, every year. Yeah, and I don't know you what. Can't I don't just know. Yeah. spark up. I don't. Like, yeah, no I don't way. know what the coding and uh, regulation laws are in the. In so the, wherever it is. But so I doubt if you guys, if you guys, well, it is legal in LA. Technically, but but is it legal it, to smoke inside? Isn't it illegal? Yeah, you're, they're they're in SoFi, like you're in right. The, yeah, in the confines, so there's just gonna be places. dope, dope. Well, that's the th- smoke on the field when the players. Isn't that what it is in Illinois? You can't you can't just smoke in public. No, you, no, you yeah, you're smoke not supposed in your house to. Or you can't you can't even go on the sidewalk. You're not supposed to be on the sidewalk smoking. Yeah, any public area. How can how can he just light up in SoFi? Well, the only thing is he's Snoop Dogg. Like yeah. the, the only thing would Nothing be his. Nothing would happen to him. Like, right. Legally. What is what is he going to be cuffed at halftime yeah. and thrown in jail? Um, so what was it? Pl- or what was the odds they're, to not smoke is even? Yeah, they're, they're even odds to not smoke. Yeah. That is that is just arbitrage money, right? I there. think I think that's going to get hammered. I think by the time it gets to Sunday, I think to him to not smoke is going to be a heavy favorite. I mean, I, this, can't, I can't see it not be. And this <laughs> might be like conjecture, but I mean. What if he just rips a dart? At I, I was, I was thinking. <laughs> smoking. What, what are we defining our, uh, our smoking? The key word is on stage, though. He has to be on stage when he's doing it. <laughs> so, so if he goes if backstage he pulls, and if he pulls a out blizzy. a cart, like is that There's smoking? Be, yeah, is vaping? There's some fine that. lines here that um, are worth a deeper look. Um, I think we're all going with no, though. I mean, I it's on know. NBC. Can NBC yeah. really do that? They'll be in so much, so much shit if they, you know. I, I don't know. I'm going. I'm t- I'm laying the juice on minus one fifteen. <laughs> yeah, I would too. I think that's a smart pick. Moral moral of the story again. Yeah. Um. So, 
Obviously, I think I speak for all of us here when we want to see a Bengals Super Bowl uh, victory. We're going to be out in Cincy, so that would be just could not imagine a better environment, um, the starved fans of Cincy. Um, and we've gotten we've gotten deep into it, and um, I I really don't know if if I know they're four and a half point dogs. Um, I think they have a good they have a good shot of, of winning this, and you know taking it all the way. But um, I think we'll leave it at that because there's been so much college basketball going on, and it's it always heats up around this time, like getting into February. Um, it is it is just so exciting. College basketball, just Super Tuesday, get back from class, um, make some dinner, and then just watch four or five hours straight of just ranked basketball well, games. This week alone was nuts, dude. Monday, like, there was nothing on. Like, we were just sitting in the living room, and I'm like, Holy shit, like Virginia's up three on Duke with like six to go. Just throw it on. Reese Beekman just bangs out Duke and knocks him off at home. That was nuts just to start off the week. And then Super Tuesday, we actually went to go see uh, the new Jackass movie, so missed this game. But that Auburn-Arkansas game, another just instant classic. Dude, I mean, and then yesterday... There, there, or Wednesday, there were some good games too. Like it's, it's been a hell of a week. And obviously, college basketball plays second fiddle to college football most of the time, especially you know the early parts where there's some overlap because it's when the football season's heating up. Um, but I wanted to make this point about being starved because we all love college football uh, deeply, but. You, you start missing it after a couple weeks, especially when you're only getting a couple NFL games for playoffs. You miss college bat, or college football until you get a Saturday like we had last weekend where you're up and you're like, oh, you know, you know, it'd be great to have college football. Oh, wait, we have 80 fucking college basketball games yeah. just between powerhouses going back and forth from 11 to 2 in the morning. Think, getting yeah. capped off by a quadruple overtime uh, UCLA yeah, number versus, three. UCLA just goes down to, to, to Arizona, Arizona State, State yeah. with dude. One of the cooler one of the cooler things I've seen at a sporting event this season was just those four like middle school four or five middle school boys sitting courtside just tarps off, <laughs> just letting it rip all all game all game and chirping like Johnny Juicing. <laughs> and we're literally <laughs> sitting there thirteen hours after you know the Saturday slate kicked off watching a quadruple overtime game it just doesn't stop and um nope i did want to get back to another one of the one of the more electrifying things i've seen in college basketball ever um that arkansas auburn game most watched game since 2018 in college basketball and mind you on a tuesday night um auburn goes down um we'll see if they'll probably stay at number one by the end of this week but People have been forgetting about Arkansas, and JD no, JD Note was six for eighteen, not shooting well, was making play after play after play. Jalen Williams equally as good, and the two of them took down the best team in the country on the last play of the game in overtime. They get the stop. Guy leaks out, and they get it ahead. I feel like so many of these games kind of end like that with a guy open for a dunk. Um, and there was one with Sheebway where I know it, it fucked a lot of Kentucky betters. Yeah. But uh, they throw the they throw the outlet. Game's virtually over. Dude goes self-alley-oop off the bounce. Two-hand back scratch flush at the buzzer. 
for whatever reason, the Auburn guard decided to run back and get caught under him. So he's kicking him as he's hanging on the rim. Buzzer goes, lights go completely off, 20,000 students storm the court, all in a span of three seconds. You talk about just one of the most electric ways to end a basketball game. It doesn't get better than that. And that was the largest crowd in Arkansas history. Just getting that on a Tuesday, there's yeah. something special about that. Yeah. And um, I did want to uh, get into who our horses are, who are kind of who the teams that are kind of showing themselves to be teams that can win it. Obviously, we have a power like three or four that come to mind with the Zags, Purdue, and Auburn. But um, Nick, you want, tell me about your your. We were talking about Wisco and their first in the nation in um, quad, quad one wins um, and luck. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> according to Ken first of all, you got to make it out of the Big Ten, and I think this tournament will tell you a lot. But do you think a team like Wisconsin, who has some of the Johnny Davis, obviously up there for Player of the Year, do you think they have enough to go deep in this thing? I, I was thinking about that yesterday too. I mean. If you're not a Wisconsin fan, I know nobody else besides Wisconsin fans really watch Wisconsin basketball because why would you? But I think when from the outsider's point of view, I think when you look at our roster, you look it's basically Johnny Davis and a bunch of bums, which I, I don't I don't disagree with from the eye test. But I think if you watch the games, I think Brad Davison at times, if he wants to, he can light it up. I mean, he's he shoots north of 40, 50 percent in a lot of games. I think Tyler Wall, I thought he was a joke coming into this year. And this kid can ball. This kid's 6'9". He looks like he's like 6'5", because he's just smaller than every power forward. He can give other power forwards hell when he needs to. I think our coaching is honestly, Greg Gard, I think our coaching is really what sets us apart in our defense. I think we play maybe the best defense in the Big Ten. Maybe that's just because we play slow as hell and we play slower than everyone else, so nobody really scores on us because they have less possessions. But to win it all... If I had to take, if I had to put my money on it, I would probably say no. But just me being a Wisconsin truther, I'm always going to root for them to the end. I think we make a solid Sweet 16, maybe even a lead eight run, and I would be content with that, honestly. So, obviously, playing in the Big Ten, who's your biggest threat in the Big Ten right now? Is it Illinois? I... From the, it's not Michigan, by the way, for anyone that thinks Michigan. I think in terms of sheer talent, I think Purdue has 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 it all, honestly. And I know my boy Johnny Davis uh, broke their hearts in in Purdue in December and went for thirty seven on them. I don't, I don't think next time we play them, I I don't think Johnny Davis goes for thirty seven again. I think that's unheard of. But I think Purdue definitely has the tools to it. I think Michigan State's fraudulent. I think Michigan is fraudulent. I think Illinois is. Has our, is going to be that team that has our number strictly because of Kofi. The guy's seven feet, two hundred eighty-five pounds. Our biggest guy, Stephen Crowell, is seven feet, two hundred thirty. He's the biggest guy. Any room he walks into, he's the biggest guy, except when he stands next to Kofi Coburn. And he yeah, makes him look like makes a him baby. Look like a baby yep. for sure. How do you make a seven foot, two hundred thirty-pound kid look like a baby? Yeah, it's nuts. And yeah, I mean, there's we could go on about this he's how well built and it's crazy watching that. Illinois-Purdue game, Purdue is so deep. <laughs> they're, they're bringing they're so these deep. randos off the bench that can fucking hoop. They have the best roster in the and, Big Ten. Um, obviously, they have a seven-foot fucking four kid in Ivy, or in Edie. Edie but, yeah. um, and Who's actually good. Trayvon yeah. Williams is like seventh guy after his team all the time last year. And <laughs> no, they have an embarrassment of riches over there. But Illinois, I know they just lost to Purdue, but they're dangerous. They're right now. dangerous. They're, I, and I mean, it'd be... I doubt they go one and done like last year, even though they had a one seed. I, know, I know they see them March. getting a 
getting a very big game in the Sweet 16. Um, but another recent development um, going to the ACC is Notre Dame. The, our Fighting Irish are at, sitting atop, go figure, the ACC right now. Um, great feeling, especially, I mean, we had very little, We were you know, three and four to start the year. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like that's been every year since 2016. Uh-huh. We just start off, we just drop these out-of-conference games. Um, but, dude, we're playing very well right now. And obviously we had a shitter against Duke, and they made us look very inferior. But we just saw Duke go down to Virginia, mm-hmm. and we smoked Virginia. And I think a Mike Bray-led team has a shot against anyone because unlike Notre Dame football, we play in those big games. You know, we come Notre Dame basketball, when they're in a position to be in big, meaningful games, they show up. Yeah. Like That's why they've been such a fun team to watch, those two Elite Eight runs almost beating maybe the greatest college basketball team of all time who then lost to your your Badgers which Badgers. was which was a phenomenal game Decker and Kaminsky and those guys um but it's just it's so nice to see us putting stringing some conference wins together because I know that it it is the truth that Mike Bray brings the boys out to play in these big games and our first year in the ACC we won we won the fucking thing yeah so we can easily do it again uh, not easily, that poor choice of words. But I think we got as good a shot of anyone to win the ACC, and I think we're flirting with a, what, nine seed, eight seed right now? That's the Well, that's just a testament to how bad the ACC is this year. On, like last any other years. year, if Notre Dame's sitting at 10-3 and three in the ACC, like four years ago, you're like, holy hell, Notre Dame's like a three seed yeah. in, the, in the tournament. Like, exactly. And it is there. It is. Guard, the like Louisville's all and all them are just are, falling off. Yeah, Louisville. Miami, Syracuse. Miami gets a load of roster every year and doesn't do anything with yeah, it. Yeah, they're they're on the bubble too. All these teams are on the bubble, and it's it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Notre Dame's got a couple of. In, it's just all these teams that have underperformed. Like I was looking at the rest North of their Carolina. schedule. They got like a Florida State coming up. They got a Syracuse. So like, all these rosters are talented, but all these teams are just so Poor such a, yeah underperforming Poor shooting and every aspect of the season so far so that has been and it's kind of not i'm not going to call it a passing the torch because every year in college basketball is different but like the acc went from four years ago to having what the most teams and now it's you're looking at eight bids the sec is just swooping up all of these bids and they're they are on the come up for sure and i think another thing about the irish in particular is the guy that's been Probably our best player for the past two seasons is stringing together one of the most impressively terrible seasons in the history of ACC basketball. Prentice Hub has been a joke. Yeah. He, what is he shooting? Thirty three percent from the field. It's, it's He's turning the ball over. Prentice Scrub. Yeah. <laughs> Prentice Scrub is. <laughs> he right. throws up more air balls than I've ever seen. No, he. Yeah, he does. It's like. You might you and might bricks. get you might see one or two a game, and I always I always love the tradition of the air ball chance. Yeah. You gotta let them know. You know what I mean? You gotta let them know. And they the fans almost don't even after like his third one they don't even they're like damn I don't even know if I'm gonna do him like that bro <laughs> like like you know what I mean like how many times are we gonna you know do this dance? Um, and he we know we've seen him be one of the best players on the floor in, in ACC basketball play, whether it's against a Kentucky or a Duke. You know what I mean? He has, he is one of the more skilled guys we've had come around South he's, Bend yeah, you must in have a long like the, time. Like the Chuck Knobloch yips or something. And like. No, yeah, he's, <laughs> yips is the only way to put it. 
And it it is funny how he seems to bury one late in late in games, like one that's needed. Yeah, he hit the game winner against Pittsburgh. And it's it's just conference play. We're <laughs> top the ACC with our most talented player playing abysmal. He's been abysmal, and it's like if he just gets it together and is even uh, half like of what he was, half of what he was last year, two seasons ago, dude, we could. May, we could win a couple games in March. Yeah, we'll see. It, um, it'll be. It's just exciting as a fan to have your team finally be around again. And I mean, and um, to get into a little more, our other team, Dayton. We got um, we got a cl- like some some big games to end out a ten play, and they it, they're so crucial too because uh, as some people don't know, the a ten tournament top four teams get two buys, so. You only got to win three games mm-hmm. to to get that that bid. And Dayton's right on the bubble. They can for sure. Um, we, I mean, we could beat anybody. I we've beaten Kansas. Day, this Dayton team, if they play, if they can shoot, it all. I mean, they can't shoot. So if if they're hitting shots, they can literally beat anybody in the country. So it would be fantastic if they were able to sneak into the tournament after a great run. But it, they got a lot of work to do. Just gotta keep. They, they lost on Saturday. Really hurt us. Yeah, I know. Against the far inferior St. Louis team, and another like piggybacking off that with our Flyers, how electric would it be if come early March, Dayton we host the first four. If we got a first four game here, home game, yeah, that'd be. we would tear that place that'd be good for the brand. That would be great. Obviously, you know we gotta win it and yeah. get in. But just having that game, like a huge game here in Dayton, yeah. would be. So fun, because that would be a hot ticket to get. But um, I wonder if the voucher covers that. No at all. way. Yeah, if you get if you get like some sort of uh, advanced priority yeah, priority. But yeah, so it'll be Dayton. They they have the talent, and if they were to put together some great A ten, I mean, it's gonna be tough though with Davidson and all them. But if so, say they win the A ten tournament, they are gonna be hot as a f- pistol going into the. NCAA tournament, like right, no right one's going to want to play the. I mean, we're one of the fantastic defensive team in general. So you couple that with them being hot, and which them being hot means they're making shots. It'll be it would be fun, but it's, to, it is uh, it is it is, uh, it is a bit of a stretch at, at this current point. We need to we need to start playing well on the road. We're three and four on the road. We're ten and four at home, so everyone knows we can win at home. But another thing is why is why is SLU just heating up? They've won six in a row. Yeah, they're I was looking wow, like at Lenardi's next four out. They got he's got SLU in there. SLU's looking good. So they're they're right on the bubble right now, too. They played themselves back into at large territory. Davidson's just been tearing it up. Davidson is nine and one at home and undefeated, eight and no away. Yeah, they're I mean, yeah, they're the cream of the crop of the eight ten. So all and the think I, about think about what we're talking about here and think about who we haven't been talking about here. St. Bonaventure. Yeah. Who was Unanimously, the best team. The best team coming into the season by strides. They were ranked. Were they yeah, they were. They were ranked. They were top ranked twenty. Like, yeah, like, like, like they were ranked like twenty second or yeah. something like that. But I mean, we fucking thirty bomb them. Yeah, yeah. And then we thirty bomb VCU, and we're doing it against those are the perennial teams to worry about. That, that damn VCU game. That kid hit the game winning three too early. We should be two and zero against VCU this year. Like yeah. that's another. Yeah. No. That. We'll be. I, I agree though. Like we're we're beating up on some of the best teams in the conference. And a yeah. ten always it always finds a way to make uh make waves later in the season where teams just come out like this. You get a slew who 
what six seven years ago got like a three seed or a two seed yeah. who you'll just see these teams just kind of just have this you know incline incline and then just blow up and start just killing people and i mean eight time basketball is great basketball and dayton's gonna have their work cut out for them but um i think we got a we got a shot here where we don't have to win every game obviously we get the auto bid if we win the a10 but um we got some big games i had here down in the dirty d um any guys want to talk about who your Naismith is right now, your winner? Um, so I know the batting favorite is Shibwe from Kentucky, but there's just been I I think it's got to be Kofi the man. He's like there's nothing you can do if he's on. Like there's literally nobody physically can match up to him in in the whole country. So he's been dominant and we need to see Shibwe because he's the only guy that. Yeah, Shibwe and Kofi would be just clash of the titans. Yeah, no, that'd be that'd be incredible. But like, I mean, down the stretch, all these guys are gonna make their name, and we'll I'm sure one of them will pull away and whatever, and win win the award. But I mean, Kofi, people around him have just been going down. Like injury, Curbelo hasn't really been shit this year. Like he's been in and out of the trainers' table, and Kofi's just been their staple, carrying carrying them in the hardest conference probably in in the whole country and they've been they're poised to get like a three seed now two or three seed yeah and one guy that there's always and i know obviously luca garza almost won two naismiths if it wasn't for the boy obi shout out obi um but there's always there's a big difference and i think it's worth having a difference because the naismith shouldn't go to the best nba prospect yeah it should go to the best college basketball player. And I think a lot of times you throw a guy that maybe isn't tearing it up in college, but he's just some huge, you know, like you just know it's like a Cade Cunningham that's going to be, you know, the top pick. Yeah. So we uh, we know that it's not like that with Obi and, and Garza taking these awards home lately. Um, but Ivy out of Purdue is – Game in and game out, doing things that make me think that he could be the top pick in this draft. Reminds me a lot of John Moran. He is, yeah. yeah, he's he's crazy athletic. He plays great defense, which is a very underrated part of his game. And he can hit big shots, tough shots, tough shot maker. And he just flies around out there. Like his size, every time I feel like I'm watching Purdue play, he looks bigger. And he looks more imposing out there. You know what I mean? He's got yeah. that kind of where this guy could be easily a three or a four if you wanted him to be. And he could also run your point guard. He can guard four positions. Um, he can shoot he's in the, the running. Ball. He's in the running. I yeah. think if if Purdue, if well, it's hard to say. With if almost it hurts him that Purdue is so good with these other guys performing at such a high level where you'd like to be able to isolate him as the reason, and that'd be a big part you know, of him winning it. But I think that's the difference. That's why Kofi would be ahead, because you take away Kofi, they are not even sniffing top 25. You take away Ivy, Purdue is still probably top yeah. 10, 15 team. I agree with that. I think I think every every player that we just talked about, Ivy, Coburn, Johnny Davis, and Shibuya, I think they all have their categories. Like Shibuya is definitely putting up 
the most volume. He's got like he's having the best rebounds he's got, like, of all time. Rebounds. He's gonna break yeah. the rebounding and like black record. Yeah. And, and yeah, and I think I think Kofi's been the most dominant. I think Ivy has been the most skilled. And then, like you said, I think Ivy does get discredited because he's got such a good team to where if you take away Ivy, Purdue's probably still ranked. They're probably top three in the Big Ten still. Davis, it's a lot easier to give it to Davis because if if we didn't have Davis, I mean, we'd be we'd be awful. <laughs> like he's yeah. he's single handedly willed us. If if he would drop thirty seven on Purdue, if he didn't play in that game, we we probably would have lost that game by twenty five or yeah. more. Well, that's why I kind of tend to lean more towards the side of Kofi and Giant yeah. Davis. If Illinois didn't have Kofi, they'd probably be a like a five hundred basketball yeah. team. And I want to I want to call this now, Kentucky U of I matchup in. In March, they they do the that would be the funnest matchup to watch. The Kofi and Sheway, they do position teams like that for matchups. They they they. Yeah, I mean it's it's no secret. Like so, I would not be surprised if Illinois, if Kentucky's like the two and Illinois is the three, and that in some region, and they're 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 close geographically too to each other. But so. that's what a ton of the talk about Kofi's dominance over the last two years. It's like yeah, try to find someone in America. That could, you know, wall him up because it's funny to see in that Purdue game, uh, the seven uh, Edie trying to back him in yeah. and just go go nowhere. Negative, <laughs> negative. You know, move he, to he the lost, baseline. Yeah, he lost space. He's losing. <laughs> he's losing leverage and getting just no. You know, he's not. Kobe's not even in a stance. He's yeah. just standing there. Just wa- he's so strong. And it's like find someone in America that could possibly, you know, be his uh, his match. Dude, Shibwe is literally his his counterpart. Counter, yeah. yeah, they are both just are look like that just superheroes built like superheroes, and um, I like both of them. I actually I actually really like Shibwe. I think he's a, just such an animal, and that would be so fun to watch them just bang in the post. I. That's where you'd see if Illinois is really legit because nobody's contained Kofi yet. So with their, they haven't played a game where they can't. They just did. Go. I mean, the only the only people that did were Purdue, honestly, because yeah, they did the best. Because the, well, Purdue's got Trevion Williams and Edie. Just they can bang bodies a little bit. Yeah. And that's like it's rare to have that 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 dot. Illinois ended big. up losing that game by fifteen. Yeah, yeah they got smoked the second yeah. half. But we, you thought you thought. Um, like the Indiana with Jackson Davis, Kofi just went in and just dropped like twenty five, like yeah. whatever whatever he did, but was just dominant. Dude, against us, he had like thirty five and fifteen on like ninety percent shooting. Yeah, no, he's he's a he's a beast. <laughs> There's an unbelievable. We haven't even talked about TJD. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, he is maybe the most skilled big man. I mean, there's guys like Shibway and Kofi are having you know have better numbers, but you watch him play, and he's he's like Ivy in terms of. Uh, NBA readiness, like he is going to be a problem for years to come in the NBA. Um, yeah, there. This next month, I mean, obviously football is officially over for what you know, thirty weeks after this. But um, we're in good hands with this this field we have in uh, yeah, the, college no, like, basketball. The conference tournaments are going to be incredible this yeah. year. There's Big Ten completely up for grabs. Baylor's come back down there, so the Big Twelve is right there. Like. Texas just knocked off Kansas. Anybody can beat anybody. The SEC is crazy. The Big East has been crazy this year. I mean, Xavier's skidding right now. Like Seton Hall's coming back a little Marquette's, bit. Like, Marquette's looking nice too. So you're gonna have matchups like you're gonna have like a like a four five in the Big East tournament. That's just gonna be an electric game, like some Creighton game or something. Like there's gonna be 
a plethora of college basketball to watch. I did want to ask you guys because uh, I know you guys might not be the biggest Big Ten truthers, and everyone's kind of been preaching the Big Ten. Do you think uh, you think Big Ten in terms of March Madness? Do you think they're legit? Because last year we saw what happened. With yeah, them. last year they all they dropped were, like yeah, flies. They were horrible. Um, it seems like every I think year it'd be it's it'd be hard to duplicate last year for the Big yeah. Ten no, because that be was very difficult. There's a lot of I I know you you know you mentioned that. Yeah, we. I love shitting on the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. I hate them. More so I, for football, but still. Yeah, yeah, right. And I do enjoy, you know, obviously watching Big Ten play because there's so much talent there. Um, it did not help those that, that like talking. Uh, Big yeah. Ten fans that like to, you know, everyone likes to bump up their conference yeah. to make them, oh, we play in the hardest make, conference. Yeah, exactly. It's like a badge of honor. And obviously that's not really a thing in football because no one even comes close to the, the SEC. SEC. Yeah. In terms of last year, the Big Ten had the best field I had ever seen going into the tournament. Yeah. In terms of how strong these teams were, and it was like, are we going to get you know four Big Ten teams in the Elite Eight? You know, mm-hmm. like that was a question. That was an actual question. All of them get bounced by the Sweet Sixteen except Michigan, who is a fucking dumpster fire right now, and they should be ashamed of themselves because they were what preseason top three. They were yeah. like four, yeah. and they they returned a lot of guys, and that. Yeah, like I'm glad. I'm not, you know, I'm not upset that they're, you know, squeaking out wins against Nebraska by two <laughs> points. Uh, I actually love it. Um, but seeing how good this Big Ten is again with Michigan, their high, most highly touted team coming into the season being ass, it would be hard for them to lay a bigger egg than last year. Mm-hmm. And I think Illinois, you know, they got bounced in the second round. Loyola took yeah. care of business. Uh, I think we could see Purdue is a for real Final Four. I could see Purdue in a Final Four. I could see Wisconsin, Illinois, uh, both being Sweet Sixteen, Elite years, Eight. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I they'll as a as a conference they'll have two, three, four, five more wins than they did in the whole tournament last year. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, yeah. Well, the big I I don't know. I can't. There, like you said, the, the, I don't think it's going to happen again. Solely because of the fact, dude, the sheer amount of ta- like everybody, every team in the Big Ten just has an absolute stud. Like there is, like we're not even talking about EJ Liddell, dude. He's going yeah. for twenty and eleven every night. Yeah. Like in 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 conference play, it's nuts. And he, Ohio State's just so under Liddell the radar. Liddell and TJD, we barely talked yeah, about. And Keegan yeah. Murray's gonna yeah. be a top five pick. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> haven't even mentioned him. Because Iowa. Iowa's just been falling off really but it's, hard. But it's crazy the. The talent on all of these teams, so and yeah. it's it's the best in the country. Well, these the individual talents for each of these teams are the best in the country. Yeah. So I don't know, and I mean, I guess talent can only get you so far, as we've seen with some of these freshman teams. But that's why it comes down to coaching. That's why I think Juwan. I don't Howard know, and they're they all they're all pretty. Um, they're experienced too. It's experienced yeah, talent. Big Ten always they're is old. more experienced, yeah. and because they have less guys going one and done, but. Um, yeah, do not fear. I mean, sports fans, that you know, we're gonna see the end of the football season um, on Sunday because there is an embarrassment of riches for for us to watch for the next month and a half, two months uh, in college basketball. Uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be uh, there's gonna be a lot of money uh, in four four three getting thrown around on these <laughs> on these conference championships. Um, hopefully, hopefully our your Badgers, our Flyers, and our Irish um, can be a part of it. But, um, yeah, we're uh, splitting gaps. We'll be down in Cincy this weekend. 
Uh, hoping for a Bengals, Bengals championship. Joey B completing the uh, the triple crown uh, down in LA, and I'm excited. And uh, we'll be back recapping what happened in uh, in the biggest game of the year uh, on the football schedule. So we'll be back next week, and uh, we're out.